Welcome to Scuba Shack Radio, Episode 84, recorded Monday, May 9th, 2022. Scuba Shack Radio is a bi-weekly podcast in support of our mission to empower individuals with knowledge, ability, and experience to venture underwater in pursuit of their aspirations and to advocate for ocean health and sustainability. Well, hello again, everyone, and I want to thank you for tuning in to this latest episode of Scuba Shack Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Centropino. First off, I just want to say happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. I hope you had a relaxing day and also had some good weather. It was a little bit cool with a lot of wind up here in Connecticut yesterday, but we are expecting some very nice weather later this week. Now, it's been a long road to recovery from the effects of covid I'm still a bit tired, and the cough is still persistent. I'm thankful that I was vaccinated and boosted because I'm pretty sure that limited the impacts. Now it's time to get my second booster shot. I also want to congratulate our two newest instructors here at Scuba Shack. Bill and Jay went down to Fort Lauderdale for their PADI instructor exam this past weekend and have now joined the ranks of PADI instructors. It was a lot of work, and they did a great job and we're excited to have them on board. Now, if you've listened to my last episode, I told you about the NASA Climate Change Newsletter. Well, I got to May edition in my email this week, and it's packed with some great articles. This is a good one to subscribe to. On today's show, we'll have another installment of Sea Hunt, It's Still Alive, and we are going back to Season 3, Episode 18, titled Cindy. But first up is our news and information update, Wet Notes. This is Wet Notes here on Scuba Shack Radio for Monday, May 9th, 2022. First up, you may recall that last month I told you about a survey that the Dive Equipment and Marketing Association, or DEMA, put out to all of its members asking if they thought the DEMA show should be open to consumers. Well, the results are back. Overall, 62% of the respondents opposed the idea, while 32% voted yes, with 6% uncertain. Diving a little deeper into the numbers, it looks like manufacturers, training organizations, and travel members were split about 50-50, give or take a few points. But when it came to us, retailers, the numbers were dramatic. 80% of us opposed the idea of opening up the show to consumers. Interestingly, most respondents said that COVID-19 hadn't changed their opinion. With these numbers in hand, the DEMA board unanimously voted to maintain the show as a trade-exclusive event. I've got to say... I'm very happy with the outcome, and I'm looking forward to heading to Orlando in November for DEMA Show 2022. Also, from DEMA's Public Policy Digest was a story coming out of Hawaii. 
The Public Policy Digest provides an overview of recent public policy and legislative actions being tracked by the organization. Well, it seems that several Hawaii businesses are suing the federal government for a regulation that bans swimming with spinner dolphins. Now, this regulation went into effect in September 2021. The complaint against the government said that the person who issued the ruling, a, a guy named Samuel Rosh, who is the Deputy Assistant <coughs> Administrator for Regulatory Programs at the National Marine Fisheries Service, doesn't have the authority to issue such a directive. The three women bringing the suit have businesses that rely on dolphin encounters and claim their revenue has drastically decreased since the directive was issued. Now, the reason for the rule concluded that allowing people to swim with the dolphins may lead them to expend energy they need to care for their young or to eat, and they concluded that this was illegal harassment. Hmm, I'm not, I'm not too sure about that. Here's some more evidence that our environment is seriously being impacted by climate change. CNN recently did a story on how Lake Mead has plummeted to a record low, to a level where the original 1971 water intake valve is located. Now you can see a picture of it sitting above the water line. With the western U.S. in the grips of a climate change-fueled mega drought, things don't look like they'll get better anytime soon. Now, the valve was put into service in 1971 as a way to draw water that the Southern Nevada Water Authority needs to supply the 2.2 million people it serves, including Las Vegas. The drought is intensifying, and it's not even summer yet. The report indicated that New Mexico, Arizona, and Colorado are all experiencing extreme or exceptional drought, and those are the two worst ratings. Now, they did anticipate something like this and started to install a new valve at the Lower Lake Pumping Station in 2020, and they are now using that. The question remains, how long will it be until the next crisis? It seems everything out west is drying out. Ocean Reef, the maker of full face masks for diving, just announced that they have a new dive light that integrates into their face mask. It's called the Vesper. The light attaches to the inside of the mask just above your eyes. It has three 30-lumen LED lights, giving you a total of 90 lumens. It's pretty compact and uses a 3.7-volt rechargeable battery. The battery uses a USB cable, and it takes about 45 minutes to fully charge the light. It is also depth rated to 180 feet. Now, I don't recall seeing any burn time on the light. Ocean Reef put out a short seven-minute video that takes you through the components, installation, and operation. It's kind of interesting how they activate the light with an infrared sensor. They were very adamant that this light is not intended as a primary dive light. Overall, if you have an Ocean Reef full face mask, you might want to consider looking at the Vesper light. I get these periodic updates from the Coral Restoration Foundation, or CRF, and the last one that I received was bringing it back in May with the Coral Chronicles. In this Coral Chronicles, they gave an update on their outplanning efforts related to boulder coral. It seems that in a single day, five CRF divers planted 565 boulder coral fragments on both 
Blue Key Reef, and New Harbor Reef in the lower Florida Keys. Now, this is an amazing event and represents over 10% of their goal of 5,000 outplantings of boulder coral in 2022. Additionally, they are already more than halfway to their goal with 2,552 so far this year. Now, each outplanting is about the size of a quarter. Boulder coral is very slow growing at only a few inches over a 9 to 12 month period, and it can take hundreds of years to form. But the team at CRF is making great progress as they efficiently return their broodstock to the wild. And finally, here's a bit of good news coming out of Dutch Springs in Bethlehem, PA, at least when it comes to scuba diving. Several months ago, I told you about how Stu Schooley had sold the property and it would probably not be open this year. Well, we got an email from Stu this past week, and he informed us that the sale of the property is still pending and that after April 30th, if the deal wasn't done, then they would be able to open up Dutch Springs for scuba diving. Because of the nature of the agreement, Dutch will be opening up on May 12, 2022, and will be on a three-week rolling schedule. The developer needs to give Stu a three-week notice. So each Sunday, if the deal isn't finalized, then they will open up another week. If you had previously purchased season passes or tickets, you can't use them. You must request a refund. The cost to go diving will be $65 if you get your tickets online or $75 if you buy them at the gate. Stu did inform us that Lancaster Scuba in Pennsylvania is operating two other sites, Lake Allure in Quarryville, PA, and Willow Springs at Meyertown Lake. Not sure if we'll make it down, but it looks like there's one more hurrah for Dutch Springs before Stu heads off into the sunset. Well, that's it for this edition of Wet Notes here on Scuba Shack Radio. It's time for another installment of Sea Hunt. It's still alive here on Scuba Shack Radio. And today we're going back to season three, episode 18, titled Cindy. Now, Cindy premiered on May 7th, 1960, 62 years ago. The episode starts out with Mike diving in a man-made lake. Under this lake is an abandoned mining complex. Mike is diving with Al Turner, who will be taking over underwater maintenance at the lake, and Dr. Tom Stevenson. We see them at the entrance to the old mine underwater when suddenly the entrance to the shaft collapses on Al. Mike and Al get him out, but Mike says there's more trouble ahead. In the next scene, we see Mike walking away from his station wagon towards Tom and Al. Tom is checking Al for any medical problems and tells him, it's a good thing he has a hard head. Then suddenly, a guy starts yelling for help from the top of the cliff. He's frantic. His little girl, Cindy, has fallen down an old air shaft from the mine. Mike, Al, and Tom head up the cliff and get to the air shaft when they hear the little girl crying out for help. It must be a hundred feet deep. They can't get down there. 
Mike directs Al to go get help, and he's going to go get his compressor from his back of his car to pump air down the shaft. In the next scene, Mike tells us he's amazed at how much help has arrived so quickly to try to get Cindy out of the uh, air shaft. The police chief is there, and there's a big rig trying to dig out a rescue tunnel. Suddenly, we hear a loud rumble as the cliff begins to collapse. Chief Poland tells us that they've got to stop digging, or the whole cliff will collapse into the lake. He needs the geological survey group to assess the situation. Mike is frantic. He's going in to see if he can get to Cindy underwater. Next, we see a radio with a newscaster telling us about the trapped little girl at Fenton's Point and that the expert skin diver, Mike Nelson, is going into the shaft to try and save her. We then see an older guy in a wheelchair turn off the radio and head out the door. He's in what I assume is a nursing home, and he confronts the nurse, telling her he needs to call his nephew, Dr. Stevenson, to tell him it won't work. He's worked in those gopher holes and knows Mike can't get there. The nurse won't let him call. He's pulled these stunts before. Mike is now diving in the underwater mine, but reaches a dead end. He can't get to her. As he exits the shaft, the ceiling collapses on him. He's trapped, and his regulator is damaged. So he takes off his rigs, takes one last breath from his reg, and heads out the mine. He makes it out and is distraught that he couldn't reach her. To add to the problem, the geological survey team says no drilling. Not to be deterred, this old guy sneaks out of his room and makes the call to Dr. Stevenson. He is Tom's Uncle Jim, and he tells Tom that they need to go in a different way. There's another entrance 500 feet from the air shaft, and it will bring them out just below. The police chief tells Mike he needs to take someone with him, and 20 minutes later, Mike and Tom are in the water at Fisherman's Cove, where they find the entrance 30 feet below the surface, just as Uncle Jim told them. This part of the old mine is solid. It won't collapse, and Mike and Tom make their way down the shaft. Then they look up, and they find the exit. They surface to a dry spot, where the air is so foul, they need to use their regulators to breathe. Mike is yelling for Cindy, Cindy, Cindy. No response. He won't give up but Tom is ready to go. He tells Mike that Cindy is dead. Mike says, no, I've got to find her. Tom is ready to leave and heads back to the water and heads out. Mike continues his desperate search, breathing from his regulator, calling out for Cindy and trying to find the air shaft. He reaches up to the ceiling and poking at the rocks when several of them tumble down. Amongst the rocks, he sees a doll. Cindy's got to be close. So he starts hammering on the ceiling with his minor tool, and the whole ceiling collapses, filling the shaft with warm, fresh air. He sees Cindy in a state of shock and not responsive. Next, we see Tom swimming out of the mine shaft. But wait, he has a change of heart and heads back down to find Mike. Mike tells us he's proud of Tom, and he needs his help to get to Cindy and then make sure she isn't hurt. 
When, when Tom arrives back, he says to Tom, I found her. She's alive, but she won't talk. Finally, with Tom's help, they're able to get Cindy down. Mike tells her that he's going to take her swimming. He has a small pony bottle for her to breathe from as they exit. They wrap her up in something that looks like a papoose and head out underwater. Mike says she was a real little soldier without fear or panic. They surface in Fisherman's Cove and Chief Poling exclaims, They did it. They got her. Cindy is reunited with her father and Mike says that she'll be okay because there's nothing a few seconds where her daddy won't cure. Mike then walks off into the sunset. Now there's a lot of recognizable faces in Cindy, but here's something interesting. Cindy is played by a child actress named Susan Capito. She would later change her name to Morgan Brittany. You might remember her from Dallas. The underwater scenes for Cindy were filmed in Silver Springs, Florida, while the topside scenes were at Hanson's Dam in the San Fernando Valley in California. So there you have it. Cindy from Season 3 of Sea Hunt. Well, that was another great episode of Sea Hunt. Seems like every time there's an underwater mine or cave, we can expect it to collapse at some point, trapping a diver that needs to be saved. So that wraps up episode 84. It was a little bit of a struggle to get through, but I made it. Once again, I want to thank you all for listening, and I'll be back again in a couple of weeks with more Scuba Shack Radio. Until then, take care, everyone. Scuba Shack Radio is a bi-weekly podcast in support of our mission to empower individuals with knowledge, ability, and experience to venture underwater in pursuit of their aspirations and to advocate for ocean health and sustainability. Talk to you next time. <laughs>